Are you happy? Magic Seeds takes a good look at everyday challenges and gives solid advice on how to navigate through them, be it relationships, career, parenting, or just not feeling happy inside. I'm Dr. Adam Grise. And I'm Laura Grise. Please join us weekly to discuss everyday situations that seem to be getting in the way of feeling happy and peaceful. We'll provide magic seeds and a reliable roadmap for you to follow to stay on a healthy path for your life. Welcome back to Magic Seeds. Today, we are talking about setbacks and how to handle setbacks. You know, when life throws your curveball, when things don't seem to quite work out the way we've envisioned them, how do we pivot from that? How do we turn that into something positive? How do we maybe even prevent ourselves from having to overcome such pivoting when we do encounter what life has to throw our way? And today will be the first time we're having a guest on our show. We will be joined by Ryan Brown. Ryan Brown is a dynamic, and I mean dynamic. I've known Ryan for a bunch of years now, and she's someone that always, always brightens my day, not just because she's always in such a a great mood and she has an infectious spirit, but she's a very powerful, powerful woman. So Ryan is a dynamic woman of color who happens to be a chemist, a wife, a mother, and definitely a change agent on a mission to help organizations and people move past stagnant conditions to improve outcomes for all. She's passionate about her work. She's passionate about her life, and she loves growing from the inside out. So she's on with us now. Ryan, are you here? Hi, Dr. Adam and Laura. It's a pleasure to be on, and what an honor, and how neat to be the first guest. (laughs) Very cool. I can't think of anyone better to have on. So having setbacks, I mean, you know, I've worked with you and I've known you for a while now, and we often talk about, you know, how we navigate through life. What are some of the things for you? What is this topic of just dealing with life and how it kind of can throw you a setback? And what have you learned at this point? What speaks to you how to deal with that kind of stuff? Well, that is the million dollar question, right? And I would say, the beauty of the fact that we have collaborated for several years, you can attest to the fact that when I say I've been thrown some curveballs and setbacks, they are some major ones. The ones that can make you question everything that you know. And what I think I'm learning the more that life unfolds is that the questioning of everything that you know, getting leveled sometimes in certain areas, it's not always as bad as you might think. But when you're in the middle of it and Some of these things that have come up, such as divorce, layoffs, um, new jobs, um, moments and periods of what felt like discrimination or just really challenging circumstances, it can shake you to your core. It can really shake up your whole identity. But I think one of the things that I've began to learn and understand is that it's okay to first and foremost feel my emotions. I'm someone that can think my way out of just about anything (laughs) uh, and reorient to a positive frame of mind. And that works until it doesn't sometimes. And so really learning how to settle in to some of those really uncomfortable, crunchy bits has been where a lot of my growth has occurred. But I'm curious, I mean, what are your thoughts on this too? So if I can step in, the word setbacks is an interesting word to me. Everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people go into life with a plan. And I've been raised with plans. My parents taught me make plans and what are you doing, you know, within the next year and five years and 10 years. 
But I learned at a very young age that no matter what your plans are, that life in the personification form has a way bigger plan than what we could ever dream of. And I look at it in the sense that life is laughing at me. And I've got this plan and life as a bigger form laughs at that plan and says, Laura, you're bigger and better than this one. So I'm going to raise the bar (laughs) 20-fold and this is your plan. And then just when you get used to this, I'm going to give you this plan. And the only way to go about it is, you know, to be like that seaweed and just, or have you ever been in a dream where you're about to fall and you just let go, you know, and just whatever happens, happens. I never let go in the dream. (laughs) I actually have that dream. I have that dream often. I have that dream so often. Every single time it's happened, it's so memorable. It sticks with me. And I look at different things, even in a day or in a month or a year or whatever, that, you know, I'm hanging on and just let go. But maybe but, I'm already moving too forward on this conversation. But. Well, how Ryan, you know like how you're saying you can think through almost anything, right? And you've become really adept at using the power of the mind to transform a moment into what you want it to be. And you're like, that works until it doesn't. I look at that as almost like you're shoving stuff, like you have the capacity to shove it into another room so you don't have to deal with it at that moment. And it only works until that room gets so full that it overflows and then it disrupts the entire house. And that's the difference. A lot of times we rely on our mind to compartmentalize, which makes us feel like now we can get back to the task at hand, right? Get back to the mission, get back to fixing something. When the real nugget, you know, the real magic seed, if you will, is like how you said, you uh, lean into the emotion. Like if you can get through the emotions of what you were so fixated on and the sadness of what you've lost or the anger of what you're dealing with or the frustration of life not turning out the way you want, it gives us a chance to reset. And like Laura, like you're talking about, to meet life where life is at, because that's so much bigger than us. It's so much bigger than our minds. Mm -hmm. And that's a big journey to go from, let me rely on my mind to navigate through this life and get me through all the craziness versus let me let go of the mind and let life lead me a little bit. I look at the mind as an untrustworthy friend. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, especially my mind, you know, like it's crazy. So when my mind starts kicking in, I don't know. And I I know you can't stand it. I'm sure you can't, but I've trained myself to just sit and wait. I don't know. I mean, you know, it takes a really long time, but just wait for something to come instead of the mind because really it's not a good friend. I don't think it is. I'm over here and I'm taking it all in. And I think you really hit on some crucial, crucial things. For one, it makes us examine and re-examine what does success even mean, right? And if we take that whole step back and looking at society, programming, how we were raised, and especially being in a very goal-oriented society Mm -hmm. where success is so externally focused. And Laura, when you're saying it's the one year, the five year, what are you doing next? And we're always (laughs) on to the next thing. So we never really get to maximize the joy of life because Mm -hmm. we're external certainly putting success outside of something of us versus learning how to meld and mesh with what the divine and like the bigger plan might be. And so how do we close that gap 
to start minimizing the frustration, the disappointment to really start to unfold in this journey versus it being this, <laughs> whatever it is, it's very chaotic, what we think of this linear path mm-hmm. that really isn't linear at all, because it's disjointed way of looking at life, like we're outside of it versus being in it. Right. And looking at those goals goes against that ancient wisdom of staying in the present moment. It goes against every fiber of being present. It just does. We're constantly, what am I doing next? What should I do next? How do I get to the next level? There's absolutely no room for being in the moment and appreciating the moment, Mm -hmm. loving the moment. That's what I've been working on a lot personally lately and been working with a lot of patients on is just that. It's to when you realize that you're efforting to create something, even if what you're efforting to create was born out of something so intrinsic and so true and so pure and so maybe altruistic, the second the mind takes over and is trying to produce an outcome, that's the moment that to me, I'm, I'm pressing the off switch. I had stop trying. I refuse to continue because even if I'm successful, all I've done is solidified and strengthened the way of living that I need to dig in and produce something. And to me, it's you stop trying. You then have to go through that let go part where you're saying, you know, like Ryan, like all those emotions come up. When you finally allow the emotions, it allows us to start moving past the agenda. And then we end up in this place of stillness that you're talking about, Laura. Like, can I just sit there and wait? Can I not let my mind immediately get right back to an agenda and just allow myself to fill up from the infinite around, from love? And then if you can do that, then you get back to that inflection point where you're about to re-engage life. And like you're saying, there's nothing wrong with a one-year plan, a five-year plan. There's nothing wrong with having a goal, a vision. I mean, Ryan, you, you, you need that. You need that. Right. I mean, Ryan, you you're, need a roadmap. Yeah. And, you know, I think all of us here are here to, you know, set the world on fire. Like we right. want to make a difference. <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. if we're going to make a difference, then yeah, it needs to start. The action needs to start with a goal. But the second that that goal is then carried out in the name of, I need to produce an outcome it's been sullied, which was once maybe a perfect expression of an innate self, a soulful expression, immediately gets sullied when it stops being motivated by, okay, or if it's you, Ryan, it's like, okay, well, Ryan, go have fun and play. You want to save the world? Okay, go have fun and play. And as long as it's that expression, go for it. There's nothing that you should or shouldn't do. You'd be something true to yourself. But then the second it starts becoming an effort again, the second it becomes riddled with expectations and pressures, that's when it's like, nope, not going to be moving forward anymore. And I have to now go through that same process of letting go, becoming still, sitting in the <laughs> silence, waiting for that inspiration to come from a love-filled place. And then we move out again. So can we train ourselves to, yes, connect to something that feels pure, uh, an agenda, if you will, of something you would want to put your effort into? but then not allow it to continue forward once the mind grabs a hold of it. And I think another thing to touch on, and this is a few steps back from where we are right now in the conversation, but so many people look at setbacks or failures or whatever you want to call these bumps in the road as a threat. You know, it's me against the world or it's us against the world. And in conversation, 
a person doesn't have to say it's me against the world or it's us against the world, but I hear it. You know, it's what they're not saying. And I think, again, to me, when someone is threatened, it raises a whole bunch of, you know, chemical reactions, so many different reactions within the body, within the mind, cortisol levels, it stresses you out. But if we could change the perspective, and for me personally, I love to be challenged. The more the challenge, the more I can really get into something. So instead of looking at it as a threat or me against the world, how about, all right, let's take this challenge on. I'm ready for this because to me, that sets off a whole different kind of chemical reactions in my body. You know, it's empowering. Yeah. But how do you do that when like, it's easy, like if- That's intrinsic to me. But you say that except until you're cornered right? Until you're in a situation that is bigger than you, right? It's so easy to say that. And yeah, there's a lot of things like you've done a lot of meditation. You've done a lot of work where things that may have used to set you off. Now, maybe you can sit there and hold that space, but there will always be something that's at the precipice of what you can handle, what you can hold space for. And it's a little bit different. Like Ryan, when you, you know, you said like you went through what you felt like discrimination and divorce and just different aspects. What's the difference in the intensity level and your ability to navigate through that part of it? That's the bit where it's like, I'm grateful to be in the company of the two of you, <laughs> myself included, have really developed a strong spiritual sense, if you will, where you know it's happened. I think when those things happen in that immediate moment, it definitely brings me back to my physical sense, right? And Laura, as you were mentioning, you have to feel the cortisol. You feel the emotions. It's not like you don't feel those things. Right. Because that's a very real experience. And I don't want to deny anyone the experience of pain. Right. Right. I think mm. what we can do, though, and something that's been really helpful for me from my experience is that instead of looking at pain as being something that is against me or is unbearable, breathing into it. Instead of running away from it, running towards it and embracing it fully. And that takes a bit of a childlike approach where I have to remember my humility and remember I'm a co-creator in this path, but I'm not the ultimate designer. And there's something a bit wiser at work. And it has required me to have some real conversations like, all right, so I don't understand. And it's not for me to understand right now, but this is what I feel. So let me acknowledge that. Let me journal it. Let me breathe into it. Let me dance my way through it. Let me just sit and do nothing. It just depends on the moment because in certain instances, like going through a divorce, I would literally be on the floor in my closet crying my heart out. But that is what I needed at that time. And that was okay. And at other moments, I'd be having a full-on dance party shaking my booty. (laughs) And that was what I needed in those moments. And instead of just denying what it is that we need or, you know, not acknowledging it, it requires us to move into that childlike space as Laura's you were saying, hey, let's play with this, right? And not putting too much weight on the positive side or the negative side, but just letting it be. And at the end of the day, that is what we're trying to allow our souls to do, which is, is to be. And to how do we harmonize and close the gap between what we really perceive in our heart and our mind's eye of what we visualize of what the successful outcome of however we're informed to do and aligning that with the broader design and plan. So then that way we can maximize the journey. 
for me, it's really just honoring right where you are in those moments and not denying it. It's a denial that causes so much more pain and suffering than is necessary in those challenging moments. And then trying to reconnect once you've discharged it. And Adam, we've talked about that a ton, is get to discharge it. And then you can redirect and lean into those positive practices of maybe it's affirmations, maybe it's positive, inspiring music, maybe it's a walk in nature, maybe it's stillness. But you can't get to any of that and maximize the full benefits until you release and let go of the charge. Totally. I think a lot of people, myself included, we get caught when we start adopting this approach. And in doing so, the mind just kind of subtly behind the scenes starts identifying as being really adept at navigating through a cycle. And then we get kind of thrown a curveball and our mind is immediately like, okay, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to transform this immediately because it never wants to go through the emotional storm, right? The mind is wired to keep us in our comfort zone. And I think that's a, a tricky challenge is when we start becoming successful at navigating through a cycle and to let go and let go and let go so we can come back to a connection to source, whatever that is for you, so your next action can come from a centeredness, is still allowing for those moments when we are completely vulnerable and completely lost. And like you're saying, crying in the closet. It's no different. We're talking about maybe divorce or people getting fired or people dealing with grief and loss of loved ones. But if you talk to a seven-year-old or me two years ago, if I can't get a sandwich right, if someone messes up the order, <laughs> I lose my crap. You know, I'm like, no, I wanted sauerkraut on this. It's like, like <laughs> to a child, that's a big deal. And the ability to pivot is something that we develop as we age, you know, and like we can look back and be like, oh, well, that's silly. Ah, no big deal. I'll get a different sandwich. But that's no different than losing a spouse or losing a job or losing a friend. It's just as we get better and better at this, we realize, oh, that relationship wasn't the cornerstone of my connection to life. It was just something that I was into and was something that was important to me and something that I was getting a lot out of, but I had a deeper foundational root system so I can pivot from that. And along the way, hopefully we get better and better at being able to let go of those attachments. But we're on this kind of never-ending spectrum that starts from you know, like a sandwich, something that small maybe, to these bigger, more existential kind of dynamics. We're more refined, you know, it's just, it's practice. So as kids, that sandwich is the very first practice. And as we get older and have, you know, are in the adolescent phase, we're dealing with our parents, you know, and having to refine a little bit more and, you know, practice a little bit more. And as adults, we start losing people through whatever it is, death or divorce or well, there's a lot of loss, you know, a lot of ways to define loss. Even physical ability. Even physical ability, right? That's a huge one. I think a lot of people don't touch on, but yeah, we practice. We get a little bit better and a little bit more refined, hopefully. But a lot of people hopefully. don't, right? Like the cornerstone of my whole practice is really that most of us get, we be learned throughout our lives and either we're taught not to go through those emotional releases, right? Don't have right. a temper tantrum <laughs> and we don't allow ourselves to evolve in that way. That seems so natural, right? To go from sandwiches to this, to that, and mm -hmm. to now, you know, loss and death. And that's the ultimate, right? I'm going to die and I'm going to lose myself. And a oh. lot of people don't do that. And so just like even Ryan, like you talking about getting to that point where 
you can allow the despair, allow the agony. And when we can get to a point where euphoria and agony are just two experiences within the same pool, and we don't need to cherry pick them, it's just whichever one is there, we can experience while we're kind of little by little in this growth, become a little bit more of the observer instead of the clinger. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Again. And I guess being in physical form, there's so many great ways too to be able to, I, I know the term has maybe been a little overused, but to accelerate that or hack, right? And some of those things. And from my own personal experience, being able to try different modalities because different forms of being able to move through those emotions, what you might need in one stage might be different. And so recently, a really great way for me to really, I guess, ground and integrate this concept of letting go, I tried going to a float tank, if you will. Mm. And it was uncomfortable at first, at <laughs> first, and a little pain in my neck. <laughs> but then I, it made me aware. I'm like, why am I holding on so tight? Could I float? And then it gave me like a really good physical way to feel the spiritual thing and like the esoteric bit that we're kind of describing, which is this concept of letting go and realizing like, oh, if I do let go and I start to flow like the water, I'm actually really well supported by the universe right now. And I really can just be, I mean, Laura, you're a tremendous yoga practitioner. I'm fascinated <laughs> if, if any of that resonates for you. The plant medicine, it's just, it's such a, all the stages. Plant medicine, if you've ever done it, it takes you through all these stages. It's like coping at its finest, right? The stages of coping. But we're talking about this and I keep on thinking about, I mean, you are literally forced to let go. No matter what it is, I mean, you kick and scream. And I know I keep on coming back to the plant medicine, but I honestly think it's one of the greatest teachers that has ever existed because a human can be a teacher, but they will not enforce what plant medicine, I mean, plant medicine just goes in with a force and that has a plan for you, but you have to let go. You kick and scream. You don't have a choice. That is the <clears throat> overriding, you know, and even just, there's so many magic seeds, right? Because at every step of the way, there's always something to be applied that is going to put you in alignment with the moment. But for our culture, just the way we are, letting go and surrendering and it's such a cliche, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, let go, let mm -hmm. God, or, you know, it's just, it's said ad nauseum, but it's so hard. Like you're saying, like sometimes like, you know, you do plant medicine or you're in a flotation tank, a situation that kind of like brings you front and center. And it's like, you're either going to resist or you're going to surrender. And, you know, you're doing plant medicine. It's, you know, it's not going to even give you the choice. But how long can that resistance go on for? It doesn't. Life doesn't allow us to resist that long. Well, either we surrender on our terms and allow sure. that. It's kind of like right. I always talk about if like a skyscraper is they realize it's dangerous. If they take it down themselves, they know how to implode it. Right. And it's not going to create a lot of collateral damage. If you just let it go, let it go, let it go, it's going to take out six blocks and who knows who's going to die in the process and what kind of damage it's going to create. Absolutely. So going into a flotation tank, going out, taking a walk in the woods, doing plant medicine, doing whatever it takes, going you know, if I'm pent up and I feel a charge inside and I know, oh, it's time to stop creating, time to let go of my mind is fixated on fixing or accomplishing. And I'll go to the back of a parking lot, a big maybe medical community parking lot where I can find like the, a little area where no one is. And I'm just screaming in my car or 
dry heaving in my car, like whatever it takes to get to that surrender, because that's when we renew our lease on life or renew our lease on getting back to wanting to act out on whatever we feel our mission is or our purpose is, and then go have fun and play, right? We lose that. I think you said in the beginning, Ryan, like we lose that joy. If we're not having a joyful experience, and when I say joyful, it doesn't necessarily have to mean this like outward fun. Joyful means I'm not in resistance, right? right? If I'm, I tell people like, even if I have to go to a funeral today and I'm sad, it should still be this going towards where I'm having fun. It's a somber fun, but I'm engaged in the process. I'm allowing my emotions to be there. And when you're not resisting life, it's such a more enjoyable ride. It doesn't always have to be fun. It could be agony, but you enjoy it when you're at peace with it. And uh, that letting go part and resisting and finding where you have tension, like you go in the flotation tank and you're like, ooh, my neck is holding on. or oh, my glutes, my butt is clenched for some reason. Why am I so tight? And anything that puts us in the position to let go is magic. It's Mm -hmm. worth its weight in gold. It's totally magic. And even acupuncture has helped me tremendously as well. But it's those moments where you can let go, even if it's just a minuscule amount. Mm -hmm. But that's when you tap into more life, more energy, and it carries you through in ways that, just from the naked eye, if you look at something, it's like there's no way that you could keep going. But you tap into an energy that's far bigger than yourself and you tap into the unlimited power, which is truly being able to experience maximum efficiency and effectiveness. And you can walk with much more effectiveness through navigating life when we get in alignment with the bigger picture. At least that's my experience. I can't speak for everyone else. Yes. And it's empowering. Once you step through that process, what you just explained, it's empowering when you turn around and look back at how you did it, and how you went about it. You know, Absolutely. And we don't have to navigate this alone either. And I think that's the other thing is if you can find community and connect with others to help support you through the journey. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I had to learn as well. Mm. (laughs) It helped at least with my release cycles and letting go is be able to tap in with others. So then that way, it takes away some of the tremendous amounts of pressure that we put on ourselves of this whole outdated notion of I've pulled my own self up by my bootstraps and I did all And it's like, oh, come on. (laughs) You know, that's a tough one for me. I do find community, but I find it very hard to sink into a deeper level because it's Mm -hmm. extremely vulnerable to admit to somebody else that you're going through these challenges. For me, there's, you know, I associate it with like a weakness, which I know is, but it's very difficult for me to sink into a level with somebody else to let them know these challenges that I'm going through. How do you go through that? How do you allow yourself to be that vulnerable and share with another human being that you're in this place? That has taken immense courage. And I so appreciate and acknowledge what you just said, Laura, because it's resonating in my core. I had to learn the lesson because I was forced to learn it. Mm -hmm. And I was forced to learn it because I was physically debilitated. My wrists, my hands, my thumbs, like they all gave out after I gave birth to my daughter. Um, I was literally cut from the the inside out, right? My core was torn to strips. Mm -hmm. And 
once all the pain medication ran out and I couldn't use all of my props and tools and support binders. And I literally was just wringing my hands because my child is screaming and I can't even go pick her up because I don't have the strength. And that's a moment of just utter, when you talk about a surrender, (laughs) that definitely was a moment that got my attention. And I'm like, I can't see who she needs me to be in this moment because I refuse to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And because I'm refusing to ask for help, I'm in immense pain. I'm not healing. And I need to heal so that way I can be what I'm called to be in this next part of my life. And so the physical debilitation got my attention that I needed to do things differently. And I know it won't always be that dramatic for your listeners, but I do hope that they can learn from my experience to achieve or just to be a bit more balanced in their lives. That's powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. I know from myself, I sit here in a very specific angle Monday through Friday and I'm being a mirror for people, but it's really difficult for me. It's one of my hardest pieces to be vulnerable and bring people in when I'm going through stuff and I go dark. I 100% go dark and that is a weakness. That is a big weakness of mine and I am delaying a lot of my growth because I'm prolonging that renewal process. So um, thank you for sharing that, Ryan. Yes. That I think would be, that's the magic seed, I think, for the day is Mm. dropping into that vulnerability because that is what, and you could echo this, Ryan, if this is what I'm right here, when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, it moves you back to the place where you can start moving forward again in life sooner. Is that fair? Absolutely. Someone was giving me an analogy of sometimes we're waiting on this superhero to come swooping in to save us and rescue us in a dramatic fashion (laughs) from whatever is there. And sometimes we miss that the superhero and the cape can come in the form of others that are right around us if we allow them to. But some of it, it depends on our awareness and you can't even let it in to garner that extra strength and support until you're aware. And once we're aware, then we have a choice to adjust our way of doing things to see, is this really working still? Is this serving me? Or is it something that I need to clean up out of the house? So then that way I can move forward with more joy, more energy, more power and passion in life. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Enough said right there. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today, Ryan. And thank you for being our first guest. I just can't wait to see you again. Likewise, this was, this has totally filled my soul. So much joy in speaking with you both. And thank you for all that you do to be a service to the broader world. Awesome, Ryan. Thank, thank you, you, Ryan. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So today, I mean, it's so funny how whenever we get in conversations, it kind of goes in a different direction, right? Sure and does. I think it's going somewhere mm-hmm. and it ends up somewhere mm-hmm. else. But, you know, talking about setbacks and there's so much, we could probably have that be the theme yes. for 10 weeks in a row and it will give us 10 different conversations. But for today, when we do have those setbacks, when we do get stuck to not be soldiering through on Mm. your own and compartmentalizing and trying to fix it and before we let go, to be vulnerable enough to maybe call someone in to let go, to help that because moving forward is the name of the game and we can't move forward unless we completely just empty ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. And it's too hard to do on your own, right? It's just the, the mind, like you're saying, you do plant medicine because that's being vulnerable. It forces you to like mm-hmm. deal with it. In the yes. absence of that, people are really good at helping bring things out. You know, like when you talk to someone and you're just like, hey, how are you? And then they just break down crying. Yes. Well, you know, I mean, do you want to be that? That's my struggle. I don't want to be that. I don't want someone while I'm talking in their brain saying, oh my God. God, can this woman please stop talking, you know, or, you know, get a grip. But I get it. Again, there's a grace, there's a balance. And I think Ryan really raises a great point, you know, that, and you do too, if you don't have that plant medicine to kind of force it to have a community or someone, a someone, you know, that can just kind of help you bounce Bring it out of you. Bring it out of you and just have a different perspective. It's just, it might be nice to have a different perspective. Right. Even this morning, I sat down and lay down, did my meditation and wanted to just bring it back to the most simple components and just to the breath. And it was just a, you know, like a 25 minute meditation, trying the breath and bringing it to the breath in and of itself, like not just taking away my mind's Mm -hmm. control. Mm hmm immediately got me emotional. It was like by focusing on something so simplistic, it opened up everything to just start coming to the surface. That's the name of the game. And so, yeah, you don't want to break down in the middle of a grocery store. Someone's like, can I help you? And you're like, oh, I have no one to help me. I'm all alone. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't want to be that person either. That's why, you know, Ryan's talking about like community. Like you find the people, even when you're doing plant medicine, it's about a safe container. Sure it is. So if you don't have that, you know, I mean, people come to me to be that, right? Right. And if, you know, it comes in different forms, comes in different forms, but to have that because our minds will always dig in and not allow us to engage in that back end of the cycle, right? Fully, fully. It's more on the mental level. Go into it. Like Ryan's saying, like the mind will be like, okay, if we do this and we do that and I can put it here and shove it there, then we can move forward. And it's like, that's not worth it. I don't want to just shove stuff to the side so I can move forward. I want to create the full space inside to have new growth. Yes. And that becomes so important. So, I mean, having that community, finding those outlets, whatever they are, setting them up is kind of paramount to getting back on track in life. So that's it for today. Hope you've enjoyed. And till next week, I am Adam. I am Laura. And nothing but love.